Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. It's a familiar sound, the train whistle, heard in communities large and small across the country. And there's a comfortable feeling that comes along with it, too, like the smell of coffee brewing in your kitchen or the chatter of conversation at the local diner. Every day in cities and towns across the world, including right here in the 11-county neighborhood of Greater Philadelphia, commuters board trains at their local stations to get to work, attend an event, or visit family and friends. As one of the most fundamental, reliable, and efficient modes of transportation, the railway infrastructure across northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania has served as the critical arteries that connect with and fuel the economic vibrancy of the heartbeat of our collective community, the city of Philadelphia, and it's been happening since the early 1800s. One historic stop in southeastern Pennsylvania is now getting its engine warmed up. It's the Coatesville train station, which has been sitting idle for more than two decades. There's a new vision for an ambitious redevelopment of Coatesville, the only city in the dynamic community of Chester County, Pennsylvania. And at the center of it is a reimagining of the city's train station. One of the aspects of Coatesville that I really love and that truly is palatable when you visit this neighborhood is the passion and pride that its residents have for their community and for their history. Here at Growing Greater Philadelphia, we're fond of fun facts, and we uncovered so many interesting facts about Coatesville when preparing for this episode. For example, the amazing St. Louis Gateway Arch in beautiful St. Louis, Missouri, was constructed with steel made in the mills of Coatesville, Pennsylvania. And the talented craftsmen who for decades defined this sleepy manufacturing town, they supplied steel for thousands of projects and products around the country and around the world key to this crucial steel supply network, the railways. The evolution of various industries, including the steel industry, well, it's challenged the state, the county, and the city of Coatesville to reinvent this community. Years of planning, combined with passion, creativity, and collaboration from across various partners, is now helping Coatesville shape a new beginning. And breathing new life into the old Coatesville train station is core to that vision. We actually went to Coatesville and met with some of the key influencers who are making this project happen, including city manager Mike Trio. He provided a high-level overview of the Coatesville of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Coatesville, as you probably know, is the only city in Chester County. It was incorporated as a city, I believe, in 1915. It's a third-class city under the uh, Pennsylvania statutes. It's about just under two square miles of land area, and there's about 13,000 residents. That sort of equals about 7,000 persons per square mile. So it's a densely populated urban center in a great Chester County location. We sort of call it the donut hole, and it's got a great system of typical urban grid streets. The architectural fabric of the city is very interesting. They've got some great, we call it great bones of the city. There's a lot of opportunity for infrastructure access, road access, all the good things you would need in a city that that makes it desirable, and we hope to take advantage of that as we move forward. And Coatesville is really a special place because of the people. 
and its history and its strong foundation of growth. And like many urban areas, it's gone through peaks and valleys. And my sense is Coatesville is actually on a trajectory right now that is bringing about some new hope, some growth, and a really bright future. And that's based on what we see happening across this community. Share with us a little bit about those peaks and valleys, if you will, and that level of history when it comes to Coatesville. Well, as I mentioned, we're an urban center in a really a rural community, rural county. It could be described as a rust belt type activity because it was based on the steel industry. The steel industry by Lucan's family was established in the early 1800s. It was booming into the 60s and 70s with the change in the economy, world economy over the years. It's become less of a manufacturing center. And like all the other urban centers, it's sort of reversed back into what do we do now? Right. And I think over the last 20 years, there's been a slow growth in trying to find different ways to address redevelopment in the city. Some have taken hold, some haven't. And I think at this point in time, the way that the council has dug in with looking for any opportunity and trying to find a way to help the citizens to provide the services we need and to entice and encourage new developers and new people to come and see the city and hopefully invest is really taking the forefront. The county itself has worked with Chester County Commissioners, has worked with the city council to provide you know, large opportunities for funding. And with those uh, funds, we've started major infrastructure projects or will be starting major infrastructure projects. We have a, probably the largest intersection project for Route 82 and Lincoln Highway starting in the spring. Mm. So I'm, to my knowledge, it's one of the biggest and one of the largest contracts on southeast Pennsylvania. So... That's sort of the city side, and you know, we have a redevelopment authority which works with developers and provides more a system for them to get their boots on the ground. And through that, our train station has become a major portion of that. And uh, working with PennDOT, my experience here is not as extensive as others, but this has been initiated probably, you know, probably eight years ago or so. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that as it moves forward, this will become another piece of that puzzle in the city. I want to dive into an element that you referenced that I really appreciate, which is what is, again, it's not unique just to Coatesville, but it's this notion of, so now what? How do we kind of transform? And that's really inspired a reimagining of what Coatesville could be. And your reference to a new way to look at intersection improvements at Route 30 and Route 82, for example, is a good example of that as well. However, you referenced the transportation center, and I was hoping you could dive a little bit more into the reimagining of the Coatesville train station and what is expected to come from that. Well, from a planning standpoint or a development standpoint, it's really providing a great hub, which Coatesville is in the Chester County area. It'll provide easy access for residents that want to use the transportation hub as well as the region, but I think from a sort of a city standpoint, it's going to become a, an opportunity for other businesses and, and as a magnet to draw those businesses into the city. It's going to have a very dense, densely developed, ultimately, parking area. Parking structure is the goal. Most developers like to see that public investment. It will bring them in. It's I hate to use the old saying, you know, if you build it, they will come. But I've sure. seen it in the past, and I think that the more you can provide the development community and making it easy for them 
it makes them be more positive toward their coming in and, and working with you. We have an open door policy in the city. We work with anybody who would like to come in and discuss real estate projects with working with us for, for public and private type of uh, institutions. So we've sort of deemed a, what we call a green tape process. Yeah. And we think that we've got a good base of, of personnel here with the support of the council to, uh, to market the city. Our new assistant manager is really a, a marketing expert. He's going to be putting together additional branding and marketing for the city. He's been a great add to our team, and we're, we, we're a very stealthy team, so we're trying to uh, to use all the resources we can. So with the support of the uh, council, we're sort of been given the, the go-ahead to do what we have to do to get things moving forward. You mentioned you called it a green tape. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about what that term means. Unfortunately, on the private side, most entities claim that when you go into a municipality or city, you've got a lot of red tape to go through. Got a lot of a process, a lot of repetition, a lot of issues with trying to, to get to your goal. And we, in the city here, we've sort of named a green tape. We work with the entity, we, we walk them through process, we get them to where they have to be. Now, we're not going to bend any rules. We're going to make sure our codes are met, our other standards are met, but we'll do our best to see the goal and make it as expeditiously as we can, because that's, that's how you get people in. You don't want to turn them away. You want to make sure it's advantageous they're ultimately going to be taxpayers or ultimately going to be doing a service in the city. So we don't see them as an adversarial entity. We see them as a partner. So we're trying to really bring them in, bring different entities in, work with them, and help them meet all of our goals to improve the city. And the residents of Coatesville are passionate about lifting their great town to the next level. We were fortunate to speak with Linda Lavender Norris. She's president of Coatesville City Council. So, Linda, we want to hear your perspective about this milestone moment that Coatesville's having right now. But before we get there, share with us how you landed in the chair of city council president. Well, I've kind of been involved on the outskirts for years, always involved in the community, working with the youth, had two teenage children, and my house was pretty much the hub. And all the boys were in my basement all the time. They called themselves a rap group and they made a studio in my basement. So I've been involved just overseeing the guys, making sure they were all right. I've been involved politically for years with regard to being a committee person and all that good stuff. I moved five years ago. I moved from the south side of the city to the north side of the city. And it was election coming up and when I went to the polls I realized there was no representation for the area that I moved into and my husband said well if you write your name in I'll write your name in and see what happens and I did and I ended up winning the seat and that began my official political activities in the city and it's been a pleasure. That's great I love that thought process you have about wanting to take it to the next level, even if it was just this, why not? Certainly. That's certainly. great. And it's always good to know where the kids are. Right. I'd rather have them in our basement exactly. than somewhere where we don't know where they are. Right. That's, and that's I, cool. I did for a few years, I worked for the city. I was the administrative assistant in the codes department. Francis Pilati at the time was the director. He was also the fire chief and a few times interim city manager. So I was, you know, I was really abreast of the goings in the city. So it was easy, you know, to just step in and say, I'll do it. I transitioned from there 
At the time, State Representative Tim Hennessy had an office here in City Hall, and I transitioned from the city to the state and still worked right here in City Hall. Nice. So again, the involvement and the flow was just very easy. So not only as an elected official and not only as council president for the city of Coatesville, but as a proud resident and as a proud native, share with us the Coatesville that you know and the Coatesville from yesterday, the Coatesville of today, and where you see the Coatesville of tomorrow. Well, I remember Coatesville from my younger days. There were no vacant buildings on Lincoln Highway, bustling all the time. Lucan's, it was called Lucan's at the time, it's currently Arcelor Middle. But at the time, Lucan's was employing over 8,000 people, and it kept the businesses flowing constantly. 24-hour restaurants, all that good stuff. Mom-and-pop shops up and down Lincoln Highway. There were car dealerships, just, you know, it was movie theaters, all that good stuff was going on at the time. Once there was Lucan's, the VA Medical Center, and Emeryville State Hospital. They were the major employers for the people in the city of Coatesville. Emeryville closed, then Lucan's made a huge reduction in employment. And I think that's where the businesses started going away. No more people patronizing them to the extent that they were. But by the grace of God, the VA is still there and Arcelor Middle is still here. So they're sustaining us. I used to ride the train during my school year. When I was in high school, I used to get the train, the SEPTA train to Philadelphia. And at that time, that was back in 77, 78, a round trip Ticket to Philadelphia on SEPTA was $6 round trip. Amtrak came through, but not as often as SEPTA. Mm -hmm. And not just myself. It was very well patronized, very well, a good ridership. SEPTA stopped coming in, so it kind of stifled us again. Mm -hmm. However, we anticipate SEPTA coming back. We anticipate the streets bustling again. We still have some businesses that were here, that was here in the 80s, 70s and 80s, mm -hmm. that are still here now. They're like the pillars of our community at right. this point. And we really appreciate their ability to stick and stay with us and keep us going. Industry changes has a ripple effect on the communities Certainly. that rely on those industries that are ingrained in some of those industries. And to your point, communities have to adapt. And Coatesville has certainly adapted over the years, sometimes in really effective ways, sometimes in not sure if this is gonna work way. And the future of Coatesville is really bright. And one of those bright spots is this reimagining, this new investment in the Coatesville Transportation Center, which is a main hub for Amtrak. And how do we bring a little bit more TLC to that location that inspires others to also invest there? And I was hoping you could talk with us a little bit more about where you see not only the Coatesville Transportation Center going, but also the ripple effect it'll have on economic development in the city? Well, I'll say in about three years, I expect to hear complaints of, you got to go this way. You can't get through construction here, construction there. I anticipate those complaints. Five years, I expect to see ribbon cuttings. Ten years, I expect the city to be bustling, not like it was, 
but better with the whole new outlook from the residents because we're working to include our residents. We are an area that we're not just expecting businesses to come in and bring their workforce. We're at a point now where we can provide the workforce. You bring your business here, we'll set you up proper. So I expect us to be uh, really bustling soon. What are you hearing from your neighbors, from your friends, from your family, from your constituents? You know, because you are a product of Coatesville, and now you are one of the leaders who are helping to shape the vision. And you reference complaints, and it sounds like those complaints are good kinds of complaints because congestion will be a challenge. And I know the team works to minimize and be smart about all that stuff, but I get your point that this is a good thing when we have more people coming here. What are you hearing from your friends and your family and your constituents about the investment that Coatesville is making? I'm hearing excitement, joy. Also hearing, I see somebody working down there. I see something going on. There's a piece of heavy equipment. What's going on there? What are they going to do? When will it happen? When will it start? You know, all that good stuff. So there's definitely a positive expectation. At one point, it was... It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and nothing came to fruition. So it caused skepticism. But now there's a different atmosphere because they're seeing we're pushing. We're not accepting no. We're not just saying, well, they'll do it this way or that's the way it always was. We're not accepting that. We're taking it by the reins and driving it ourselves. And it sounds like it's producing an energy uh, and excitement and anticipation. And it's all being driven by progress. Right. Even if that progress is, you know, incremental, it's still moving in the right direction. Exactly. We have not just from local residents, from our surrounding communities. People are saying, I see things are starting to move. Coatesville's going in a different direction. And that's exactly what we want. That's what we're here for, and that's what we'll do. We're not going to slow down. We're not going to back up. We're going to grow and continue to grow, grow greater. That's what we're going to do. That's what we'll do. Coatesville is clearly on its way up. It's the perfect place to establish and grow a business and a career, and to live and work, and to play, innovate, create, and raise a family. And it's also the perfect place to collaborate. Next up, we hear from one transportation professional at the state level who's helping to drive the transformation of the Coatesville train station. So it's no secret, folks, that every great project needs the help and support of professionals. And that's no different for us at Select Greater Philadelphia as we deliver this Growing Greater Philadelphia program. It's all part of our efforts to attract new companies and new jobs to our 11-county community. And we could not do what we do every day without the help, support, and active engagement from the team at Pannoni. The people of Pannoni have been making history since 1966, and they do it by embracing collaboration and through their unique ability to manage engineering challenges. From land development to energy management, Pannoni's expertise, it runs deep. Learn more at Pannoni.com. That's P-E-N-N-O-N-I.com. And join me in thanking the team at Pannoni for their support of our efforts at Select Greater Philadelphia. Hey, we'll take you back to Coatesville in just a moment. Greater Philadelphia is 
one of the most accessible cities in the United States. With its prime location between New York City and Washington, D.C., we can travel between major East Coast cities. For more information on Philadelphia's accessibility, visit selectgreaterphl.com and tune in every Friday morning at 5 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. With a history of more than 130 years of service across the greater Philadelphia community, PICO has a long-standing commitment to a culture of excellence. At PICO, we strive to advance smart energy solutions to provide safe, reliable, affordable, and clean energy and energy services to our customers and the communities we serve. Learn more about PICO at PICO.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Wells Fargo, a proud sponsor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Wells Fargo is a diversified, community-based financial services company with a strong vision of satisfying the financial needs of their customers and helping them succeed financially. Wells Fargo provides banking, mortgage, investments, consumer, and commercial financial services. Learn more at wellsfargo.com or call 1-800-869-3557. Copyright 2018, Wells Fargo Bank N.A., all rights reserved, member FDIC. Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the people and projects that are transforming our collective community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. One of the key economic development drivers for any region is a robust, reliable, and affordable transportation infrastructure. Here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, overseeing the planning, design, construction, and maintenance of the highways, railways, and so much more is the Department of Transportation. It's also known as PennDOT. Jenny Granger, Deputy Secretary for Multimodal Transportation for PennDOT, well, she joined us in Coatesville, and she actually arrived and departed by train. Along with Mike and Linda, who we heard from in the first part of this episode, Jenny helped us appreciate how the redevelopment of a train station has a ripple effect, and it's poised to impact the city of Coatesville. So I think you use the word transforming, and when people talk to me about Coatesville, I tell them this project is transformative. It really is. You know, we try to address the transportation component, but when the department entered into this agreement with the RDA and acquiring consultant firms and kind of a, a P3, a public-private partnership, in 2013, we viewed it Like, we wanted to make sure that the transportation dovetailed with the economic initiatives. And I think you heard it from Linda, the council, the county, the locals, everyone that I come in contact with here, one, they have no hesitation to tell me we need to get this done and we need to get it done now. I'm not moving fast enough, which I appreciate. And you feel their passion of what they want, the vision. And again, I know both Linda and Mike talk about a lot of other initiatives in the community, and it just makes sense. It makes sense. How can we better serve the community, but how can we get a lot of bang for the buck, so to speak, and how can we support those initiatives so that economic redevelopment or resurgence, as we're seeing, because I think you indicated the community is on an uptick, and I, I believe it. I see it every day I'm here, and we're trying to support that initiative with the development of the new Coatesville train station. One of the things I really appreciate is how you are positioning the desire and the passion. So representatives from Coatesville, from the county, came to Harrisburg, came to your team at PennDOT and said, we have an idea. We want to see this transform. And PennDOT responded. 
We did. You know, sometimes we we have projects going in communities and the groups you mentioned, plus the state and federally elected officials, all of them may have different ideas, right, of how it should proceed. This community and all of those individuals, they have a common vision and it, it makes working with them a great experience. It really does. And I love Mike's analogy of green tape. I will tell you, I try to strive for that every day. We are here to serve the Commonwealth and the folks that reside here and and create a better quality of life. So all of that is integrated into this project. Yeah, that makes sense. So Jenny, I want to ask this question, and, and you have a lot of experience in doing this. And we referenced it earlier in our conversation a couple times. Investments like these, whether it's at a train station or an on-off ramp of a highway or an improved commercial corridor for egress into a shopping facility or a a turning lane. These investments that are made by PennDOT in partnership with the communities that you're working with are really transformative in terms of economic impact, growth. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more perspective on that ripple effect that a new investment in a Coatesville train station type project can have on a community? So I will tell you the whole story with Coatesville from day one, we intended those ripples to happen. The city intended them to happen. PennDOT intended them to happen. And I think Mike mentioned there had been some fires. I want to say around 2008, 2009. And We, the department, did not want to invest in a new station next to essentially an abandoned kind of burnout community. Sure. And the city didn't want us to do that either. So there was a lot of brainstorming. What could that property best be utilized for from a redevelopment authority perspective? How could it complement the train station? How could the train station feed that development? And I think some of those dynamics, right, are still being worked out. Like, what's the best use of that land? And we have different scenarios, and we, we meet on that. Is it high-density residential? Is it commercial? Is it some retail mixed in? How does that impact? But I think, again, you mentioned the city is on this upward trend, and I believe it's the snowball effect, right? So all these all these small incremental changes that they're working towards feed into the development surrounding the train station and how that goes. So I will tell you, as far as the Department of Transportation, again, while we may not know where the ripples are going, I feel confident the city officials, they're directing those ripples. So we may be helping them toss the stone, but they're moving that pendulum in the direction to best support all their other initiatives. And that's one of the dynamics. PennDOT has this initiative called PennDOT Connects. Mm -hmm. And the intent is, whether it's a ramp or it's a train station, that our improvements, again, we work hand-in-hand with the communities. We ask the questions, how do you see this fitting into your overall plan? Whether it's here, the county, how does it complement your initiatives? And if we can make modifications to our engineering or refine our schedule, we do our best to, again, work hand-in-hand with the communities because transportation, you know, isn't just transportation. It's part of the economy of the Commonwealth and every other state in the nation. 
The future of Coatesville, it's so promising, and we're so excited to see how this collaborative revitalization of the train station really unfolds in the coming years. To hear our full conversation with Jenny, Mike, and Linda about this transformation of Coatesville, head online, 1210WPHT.com slash select. Growing Greater Philadelphia is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazan and Maricela Juarez along with the marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber and at Entercom. Learn more at selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to our Growing Greater Philadelphia podcasts anytime at 1210wpht.com slash select. Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Yo. Yo, a day in Zimmerman company and a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia. For more than 75 years, Yo has been a leading specialty technology recruiting provider in the Philadelphia region and is one of the oldest staffing firms in the nation. Learn more about Yo at Yo.com. That's Y-O-H.com. Today, Rowan University's more than 19,000 students choose for more than 83 bachelors and 41 master's degree programs, seven doctoral programs, and two medical degree programs. Learn more about Rowan University at rowan.edu. Green & Spiegel is a full-service immigration law firm that specializes in helping businesses grow in the Philadelphia region and nationally through global corporate migration. Learn more about Green & Spiegel at gns-us.com. NBC 10 and Select Greater Philadelphia are proud to partner on the Growing Greater Philadelphia television program. Watch stories of economic development and business success from across the 11 counties of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania at NBCPhiladelphia.com slash news slash Growing Greater Philadelphia. Looking to rent a space without breaking the bank? You're in the right place. Philadelphia has a lower cost of doing business than any other major U.S. city, including more favorable rental rates for retail, office, warehouse, and industrial spaces. For more information on Philadelphia's affordability, visit selectgreaterphl.com and tune in every Friday morning at 5 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD.